don't just be nice to the executives yes. is what I'm trying to say. Be nice to everybody that's working and making something happen. Ellen DeGeneres. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Under Our Roof. I'm Grace. And I'm Lizzie. And this is our podcast about our life as a queer couple living simply in West Hollywood and sharing some stories with you along the way. Today, we're going to be talking about some current creative projects that we have going on, uh, creativity in general in our lives as people who like to create projects and and things and work in the entertainment industry yeah and kind of wrapped up in that living in la which we both have lived here for several years because i've recently gotten some questions about that but to start off let's just catch up a little and talk about what's been going on under our roof recently something i do want to talk about that's been going on under our roof is some cookies that you made I made pumpkin snickerdoodle cookies. I did not come up with the recipe by myself, but I just thought of the phrase pumpkin snickerdoodle, and that sounded so good. And I was like, someone has to have a great recipe. And I found one, and I'll link it in the show notes. It was perfectly soft baked. They, they're still soft. Like, they're oh, still yeah. perfect. I made them a couple soft. of days ago, and I've kept them under a little glass container. But they're still really good. There's I another have to thing. Say. Yeah, there's another thing I want to talk about. I think that the uh, the intro for this episode is going to be heavily influenced by what you've been making. I got emotional eating. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I got like really emotional eating your um, sweet potato chicken um, rice bowl. I'm not doing a good job of describing this, but the sauces, it was this sauce combination with the sesame on this chicken and the sweet potato, and it felt so nourishing. You know those meals where you're eating it and it tastes good, but you also deeply know that it's good for you? And so your body is like saying thank you as you're eating it because you're like, oh, I'm getting in this kale and these sweet potatoes and this protein from this chicken and this brown rice, but also it's so good and... I was crying in the club, and by club I mean our bed. Because um, that's where I brought you your meal yep, <laughs> at like midnight. <laughs> yeah, I will link this as well. It's not my recipe; it's from a blog, and it was a Korean style chicken bowl. And there was this homemade sauce that had like soy sauce, sesame seeds, grated fresh garlic and ginger, and it was really good. I have to say, for my sweet old fashioned babe. My sweet old-fashioned The last thing that I want to share is that we um, were dog-sitting for a friend of ours' dog, who is this very sweet, cute, blue-nosed pit bull, and Bean, who is very sassy and rude often, especially to larger dogs, except for his brother, did extremely well. And that was something that was really fun to witness, that Bean was well-behaved and... Made me very proud of him. You know, you did good, Bean. It made me proud of our little guy, too, because when he first saw Cookie, this dog that we were caring for, walk through the door of our house, (laughs) he he needed a minute to, like, even know how to react. He was so furious that Mm -hmm. this huge dog, like, came into our house. By the end of the day, he was obsessed with her. Obsessed. Oh, yeah. So that was fun. Um, It's It's been a fun week. It has been. It's been a good week. 
Okay, so today's topic, we're really excited to talk about some recent projects, and I think we should just start off with Queer Christian Cover Band, because that has been one of the most exciting creative things in a long time under our roof. Yeah, hell yeah. I It's the most excited I felt about a project in recent memory. I think the last time I felt this excited about something I was working on was with State of Grace, and this kind of feels like a natural through line that I just sort of fell into, um, but in a totally different way of expressing myself. So I guess to explain, I put out a joke song on TikTok that was called like youth group lock-ins. And it was about how you have sexual awakenings often at youth group lock-ins, not as a rule of thumb, but just it's a common experience. And my friend Chet and I were kind of talking in the comment section about Reliant K and Switchfoot and all these bands that we grew up on at youth group lock-ins, at church camp and whatever. I had the idea of what if there was a Reliant K cover band, but it was all queer kids or just rejects and outcasts from youth group and church camp. And so I tweeted that and it really resonated with a lot of people. And I don't do well on Twitter. Like I like (laughs) Twitter for news, but I don't think anyone's like, Grace is here with the hot takes. Like nobody really cares about what I tweet. And that's great. I tweeted that out and the response was significant. And so I was like, oh, this will be fun. I then put out a cover of Be My Escape by Reliant K. And I was like, oh, we'll, we'll duet it. We'll share it on TikTok. It's a really collaborative platform. This will be really fun. And it was really fun. And then the guitarist from Reliant K and then another former member of Reliant K responded to the cover. And now it's just become this weekly thing that I'm going to do of reclaiming these uh old Christian music rock songs that I used to be so embarrassed to listen to because I thought it was so corny that my parents wouldn't just let me get a My Chemical Romance CD. Um, And we're reclaiming them and we're making them our own. And I hope that it's something that can inspire some healing. And that's been what I've been focusing on. And it's like my favorite thing to do right now. (laughs) It's been so fun to watch you get really into this and also to see all the creativity of other people Mm. that are connecting with it. That's been so cool. It's the best part. Yeah. The duets are the best part. I watch every single one and I get so emotional. Mm -hmm. Everyone does their own unique spin, shares their story. It feels like that feature on on TikTok for me feels like what social media should feel like, how yes. we connect with each other. Yeah. Everyone offering their own thing, collaborating with each other. That is to me like the true spirit, what I love about social media. Giving up, I'm giving up slowly. Blending in so you won't even know me. Apart from this whole world that shares my fate. That kind of segues into um A lot of times I feel like your projects do start out like this, not exactly like this, but a lot of times creative projects have a way of organically starting where it's just an idea and you throw out a lot of ideas and then it's like, oh, that one actually landed with people and and there's plenty that don't. There's plenty. I can't think of a good example, but there's plenty that you're probably like, this was an awesome idea. Nobody else thought so. (laughs) There's so many like that. I can think of... I can think of many ideas that I've pitched or sent somewhere that just haven't landed or resonated in quite the right way. But I think the exciting thing about Queer Christian Cover Band or Reliant Gay, we're we're kind of in between on names at this <laughs> point in time, is that I didn't really wait for permission. Mm-hmm. I just sort of started making something. And then through that, I've 
developed a network that I'm really fond of and I've had people reach out to me and connect with me that I never in my wildest dreams would have thought would be interested in working together. And that just sort of happened. Like you said, it happened organically, but there are so many projects. I have, I have a full slate just of ideas, just in case different sort of networks and companies want to work with me that mm-hmm. I can pitch to them of things I've thought about and developed and created decks for and whatnot. And they'll go to literally nowhere and I'll spend <laughs> like hours yeah. on, oh, I can share this idea because I, I pitched this one before, Senior Portraits. Oh yeah. Senior Portraits. I have a beautiful deck for it. I think it's a great idea. It's awesome for branding if anyone's listening. I think this <laughs> could be a good opportunity of just celebrating our seniors and listening to their stories in sort of a vignette type of form um, and then ending with like a very highly stylized like fashion portrait because many seniors, I know my grandmother and my grandfather, they don't have photos of themselves looking their best at that age. And that's a shame. And I think that we as a, at least in this country, could do a better job of honoring those who came before us and looking at those stories. So I always thought that'd be good for like canon or like some (laughs) sort of like photography or film company. But alas... No one has liked it so far. <laughs> well, people have liked it, but yeah, it hasn't gotten hasn't. made. There you go. Um, but who knows? And I, I want to back up and talk about how that is so common in being a creative, having a lot of ideas. They don't all pan out, and that's part of the process. Um, so I wanted to talk about more broadly kind of our lives as people living in L.A. Or who are juggling different things and different creative projects and who do I think we both think of ourselves as creators of different kinds. I've probably been more reluctant to say that about myself in the past, but I'm kind of embracing it. And if you've listened to our earlier episodes, you know that I'm a lawyer, but I also have a lot of creative passions and being a lawyer is creative a lot of the time coming up with (laughs) coming up with, you know, creative arguments and things like that. But I mean, in a more traditional creativity sense Um, I've kept a blog for many years. It's gone a little quiet this year, partly because I've been pouring a lot into other projects, including starting this podcast um, and other writing projects, but I'm excited to keep blogging and I love that kind of stuff. And then Grace is more of a career creative, whereas for me, it's kind of a hobby. Mm -hmm. It's something that you would be open to pursuing as a career if that was like available to sure. you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think, cause sometimes when people are like, oh, I, okay, good example. My dad loves his job mm-hmm. and his hobby is drawing, but I don't think that he would ever be like, if I could give it away to draw, like that's what I would do. <laughs> that's know? true. It's sort of different than a hobby. I mean, it's sort of different than like a traditional hobby of like knitting or something, but yeah. Anyway, so we both, Just to say you take your writing seriously. Yes. Yeah. For sure. So we both live in LA, which there are a lot of creative people who live here. So it's a great city for that. But before we get into kind of how we do life living in LA with creative pursuits, I wanted to back up and do what's going to be kind of a new segment of a little quiz. And I think it's going to be really fun for me to quiz Grace. I I will fail. (laughs) I have these questions and answers written down, so don't look at this paper. Okay, I won't look. Yeah, don't look. Okay, so the first one is a little quiz about California in general, and then I'm going to focus more on where we live specifically. Ooh. This is just kind of fun facts, and I 
honestly doubt that you'll know any of these because I only knew <laughs> okay. one of them before looking them up. So, okay. but it's more just to educate ourselves. Sure. Okay. Do you know what California's state flower is? The daffodil. No. <laughs> the sunflower. No. The poppy. Yes, the California oh, poppy. Third, there you go. Yeah, third try. There you good go. Good job. Okay, what about the state bird? The state bird? Yeah. You will not get this. How do you know? I just, I would be shocked. The state bird is the pheasant. No. Okay. The state bird is the brown bird. The brown bird. <laughs> the brown bird. Is that a bird? I mean, hell yeah, there are birds that are brown. It's the okay. brown bird. It's the California quail. I was close with a pheasant. A pheasant is so close to a quail. It doesn't sound anything like quail. But the word. The word. But I bet you would be like, if I were to look it up right now, and is a pheasant related to a quail? It <laughs> I would mean, be all like birds it. are related. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. This one, I really love the answer, but again, I didn't know it, but it's awesome. I can't believe you didn't think I would get quail. I think I could have gotten that okay, if you let I, me I understand guess more. You. Then maybe you'll get this. Okay. This is the last of the California questions. What is our state motto? Our state motto. California state motto is the sunshine place. I think that's like the name is like the sunshine state. Yes. Golden state. The golden state. That's this like, state is golden. Is that the motto? No, no. Come here. Come here for fun. <laughs> what is the state? The California state motto is, boy, am I happy to be in California. <laughs> no, but I will tell you what the it California is. California state motto is. Okay, I will tell you what it is. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. All right. So the state motto is only one word. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. So let me guess that. The state motto is one word. Mm -hmm. Live. No. The state motto is one word. The mm -hmm. state motto is dance. No. <laughs> the state motto is free. Freedom. No. I'm close Freedom though. isn't a motto. <laughs> I mean, not to you. <laughs> Maybe not to you. Okay. Um, the state motto, it's one word. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. I love it now that I know the meaning. Wonder. No. Okay. I feel like I need to just tell you. Wanderlust. I don't think you're gonna get it. <laughs> okay, what is it? Okay, so the state motto is Eureka. Oh, that is cool. And in Greek, Eureka means I have found it. Oh. And I love that because I, do love that. I feel like moving here, I was like, I found it. Well, I do know what Eureka means because our favorite drag queen, Eureka, says, Eureka, you found it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's. It means I, I mean, found she's it. referring to herself, which she's not wrong, but this is referring to the state motto. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it's the state motto. And I just, I feel that way about California. Like, this is it. I found it. When yeah. I moved here. Um, so I thought that was fun. There's also a city in Northern California called Eureka. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Yeah. Um, okay. So the second part of the quiz is more related to our beloved actual city of West Hollywood. We live in LA, but we technically live in West Hollywood, which is its own city within LA County. Um, so West Hollywood, if you don't know, is kind of a gay enclave. It's believed, it's kind of disputed, actually. It's kind of hard to find data on this stuff. But West Hollywood is believed to be the city with the largest proportion of gay residents of any city in the United States. I mean, that feels true. It I feels don't know true. if it it's is about, true, but it feels true. According to, you know, 
surveys and things, it's about 50% of West Hollywood residents are gay. Mm -hmm. There's other cities that are notable, like Provincetown in Massachusetts. But I think the reason that we slightly beat them is they have a lot of summer visitors, but not as many full-time residents who are all gay. Yeah, we're parked. We're parked. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so I have a couple fun questions related to this. West Hollywood has the most gay people or queer people in general but mm-hmm. what is the city with that in california that has the highest percentage of gay couples like mm-hmm. households that identify as like gay families or couples in the state this it's a different city than west yes hollywood. it's not west hollywood that would be a lot of gay singles here <laughs> <laughs> a lot um, of gay families in somewhere california else. yes gay families are somewhere else where are they they have gone to palm springs yes Right. I can't believe I got that right. Yep. Palm Springs has the highest in the state proportion of families mm-hmm. who identify as a gay couple or family. Palm Springs, if you don't know this, if you're listening, has a gay walk of fame, like the Hollywood walk of fame, <laughs> but it's just queer people and they're all pink stars. <laughs> it's amazing. Palm Springs is the best. Okay, so then one last quiz, okay. which is the New York Times had a really interesting article and chart of the top metro areas so west hollywood is not counted because it's a small little city but metro areas would be like the la area yeah top metro areas with the highest proportion of gay to straight residents Mm -hmm. and the lowest in los angeles no 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 in the in the country oh in the country yeah so i'm gonna read you six of them okay or i'm gonna read you six cities (laughs) okay i'm gonna read you six cities five of them are the top five Okay. And one of them is a plant. And you have to guess which one. Okay. Which one is the plant? So I will be reading the top five, not in order. Okay. But I will also be reading a plant that's mixed in. So I'm going to be reading six names. Okay. Five are real. One is not in the top five. I'm excited. Okay. So these are not in order. Okay. Austin, Texas. That, yes. New Orleans. Yes. Boston. Can we come back to me on that yeah, one? Yeah, you, I you hear, don't have I want to hear them all first. Yeah, you can hear them all. Okay. Okay, so I, I read Austin, Texas, New Orleans, Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston could be the plant. I don't San know. San Francisco. That, that's a yes. Pittsburgh. Come back to me. And Portland, Oregon. One of those is a plant. One of them is a plant. Also, you notice LA is not listed. LA is number 10. 10th highest. Behind a bunch of others, including five of these, but not including one of these. Okay, so it's Portland, Boston, and Pittsburgh. I'm going to say, I feel feel like Boston is yes. Boston is yes. So it's between Pittsburgh and Portland. So I need to go with my gut on this one. I'm gay. Where would I rather live? I need to trust my own queer intuition it's interesting methodology yeah where would i rather move and this is a curveball to me as well but i think pittsburgh so i'm gonna say that portland is the plant (coughs) what but you're almost right oh man pittsburgh i don't know i just felt like portland was too obvious yeah i was kind of surprised by like some of these i was kind of surprised by boston to be Me honest. too. I didn't trust it. Not that I don't think there's tons of gay people there, but I didn't think it would be in the top five. Mm. And by the way, these aren't the top number of gay people. It's proportion right. of the population. Right. Um, so yeah, the in order, the top five mm-hmm. are San Francisco, 
Portland, Oregon, number two. I was very wrong. <laughs> Austin, Texas, number three for that one. New Orleans is four, and then Boston is five. Pittsburgh is the number two lowest oh, man. <laughs> proportion of gay people, according to the New York Times. And guess what else is on the list of top five lowest numbers of gay people or Raleigh. Raleigh, my hometown. <laughs> I knew it. My hometown. I does will not say have that with love gays. to your hometown, I've never walked around Raleigh and been like, there's another gay person. Like I, I really haven't seen them. But they do exist. They definitely and... exist. But you but you know how it is like when you go to like a restaurant yeah. or something. Well literally we're on the beach this morning and we're like, oh hey, gays, yeah. gays yeah, here, yeah, the yeah, gays yeah. there. Yeah. Like you know you just sort of as, as an act of uh good faith and mm-hmm. just to show solidarity anytime you're in like a restaurant or a cafe like you see a queer person maybe it's just me i don't know if this is weird but i'll always just kind of give an extra <laughs> an extra sort of acknowledgement or greeting especially mm-hmm. if i'm in a different city you know mm-hmm. if i'm traveling raleigh i have noted that that's not been there have been a few people where i've been like are you <laughs> like are you but i don't want to make it too obvious but if there's like another like sort of there's another Someone that I recognize as family, then I, I like to say what's up and in a low key way. I hope that's not weird. I know that I appreciate it when yeah, someone does totally, that for me. So, totally. wait, I have a question though. So, you would rather live in Pittsburgh than Portland? No I shade to, to be Pittsburgh. honest. I, I kind of panicked. I just thought that Portland was the plant because it was too obvious. Okay. And so I was like, no, you got to go with Pittsburgh. But do you know what I think sabotaged me on that? Hmm. I think that was my internalized homophobia. I was like, oh, let's go to Pittsburgh. This place has a really low proportion <laughs> of gay people. Let's they just go. Us. Yeah, let's revert. Yeah, let's go. Let's go there. I've actually, I feel like everyone that goes to Pittsburgh loves it. We have some very dear friends that are very much from Pittsburgh yeah. that are like ride or die for So Pittsburgh. I have nothing against Pittsburgh. We've just never talked about living there or even going there. So when you're like, yeah, I want to no, go to Pittsburgh, I, I'm like, what? No, I, I panicked. I just thought that Portland was the plan. <laughs> nope, Portland's second highest. There you go. All right. So I moved to Los Angeles directly one-way flight from college. I moved to LA because I wanted to work in entertainment. And at that time, I thought that I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And the reason why I felt that way was because I was at a place where I was very uncomfortable with who I was and how I wanted to express myself. So as a coping mechanism, I started making jokes about myself. And wouldn't you know that they they didn't do so poorly. They did pretty well. So I was like, oh, I could be a stand-up comedian. And I, and I didn't have a bad time doing it, but I, I won't ever say that I felt deeply fulfilled by my time doing stand-up. But it was a good outlet for me to deal with some of the internalized things that I was sorting through. And it was important for it to be there for me at the time that it was. So I moved to LA to do stand-up. Along the way to sort of pay my rent, I was a PA. I had odd jobs on different shows, which maybe that could be a topic for another time because I've got some tea on some odd shows, that really was such random a shows. Funny time. It was funny. We were newly dating. We were newly dating during that time. And so I did that, and then eventually I got um, an office job that I would liken to like Devil Wears Prada type of thing. Oh yeah. Um, for a film studio where I was an assistant. I was a receptionist and I was an assistant, and I was paid the full salary for neither of those jobs. And I. Uh, did that and I was miserable and I felt like my career and my aspirations were totally slipping away from me because I wasn't doing stand-up. I was so tired. My hours were insane. And the vice president of the television division of this company took me aside one day and was like, you should quit this job. (laughs) And I was like, what? I was having panic attacks regularly at this point. 
And he was like, no, I'm serious. Like, you should really quit this job. And I was like, but what would I do? And he was like, you can do anything. Just like you, if you really want to pursue a career in entertainment, you need to bet on yourself and invest in yourself. And for better or for worse, I guess, I took his advice and I did quit that job. And I didn't have a backup plan, but I took a job as a barista and I was doing some delivery driving for a while. And I was really doing a lot of stand-up during this time. And then... Hassan, who I was friends with at the time, Hassan Piker from TYT, um, brought Amir Nakui to one of my shows. And Amir was like, oh, she could be a good fill-in for Pop Trigger. And so I was like a guest host on Pop Trigger for a while. And then that became like my full-time thing. And that's how I got involved with like TYT and Murder with Friends. And I did that. And I mean, candidly, that also that was very cool. That was my first job working in front of a camera. But I don't know that that ever felt deeply fulfilling either, um, with the exception of Murder with Friends and some of the wonderful people I met through the network. So when that stuff got canceled, um, I by this time, by the way, I totally stopped doing stand-up. I was starting to become more comfortable with myself. And as I started to do that, my interests just totally changed. And I think that doing news in the way that TYT does news was like, kind of a comfort thing. Um, but it was never like my passion. Like this is how I want to work in a newsroom. And I don't think that anyone would be shocked to hear that, (laughs) to hear that, like given what I do now, when, when those shows got canceled, I really was panicking. And then I, state of grace had already started kind of moving a little bit. It had just started moving. Like nothing had actually filmed yet when, Pop Trigger and Murder with Friends got canceled. Yeah. So actually, we got back from my honeymoon, and I was recording my first EP, and then I immediately lost my job. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a major blow to a newlywed couple, to any couple. It's just like all our stability was just sort of like, was just totally changed. And then State of Grace started going, but it was like really slow going. And then more episodes started coming out and like I started taking my music more seriously. And I think that now we've kind of caught up to where I am now, which is I work in unscripted content and I'm a content creator for different digital platforms and I pitch shows and some of them work and some of them don't. And in the meanwhile, I also make music under my middle name and I make music on TikTok. And does that kind of catch everybody up? I think so. Yeah. That's a good recap. It's Mm -hmm. Fun and funny to think back on some of those times. I've definitely not had as many different jobs or fun and crazy stories as you, kind of like more on the straight and narrow path of becoming a lawyer, which has been incredible and I'm so grateful for it. And I kind of mentioned earlier some of my creative side pieces, so you might call them. Um, But yeah, I love just storytelling and I'm figuring out how I want to do that um, more regularly. But I love recording this right now. This is one of my favorite creative things Mm -hmm. that we're doing or that I'm doing and that we're doing together. It's really cool to be working on something with each other because um, something I really appreciate about our 
relationship, and I think I, I appreciate about you is that I can always trust you for honest feedback, but we've never collaborated on anything because our interests are so different. But I feel like even though our creative passions are very different from each other's and they're not the strengths of the other person, we mm -hmm. still are able to sound off with each other very honestly, which I appreciate. Yeah. And this will be our first project together just because our interests and our passions are so different. This is the first time that we've like come together and created something. It really is. And, you know, this is the fourth episode we're recording, and I kind of can't believe that's true. I'd never thought about that this is the first project that we are doing together because we work, quote unquote, together all the time because we both get feedback from each other constantly. But it's always your project that I'm giving input on or your mm -hmm. video that I'm in or my thing that I'm working on that you tell me what you think and we're working together on it, but it's my thing. This is really the first, well, our TikTok a little bit. I mean, is it, silly, our TikTok silly as that is a collaboration. Be. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's silly, but it's also fun. And that's something that we started doing together in quarantine was mm -hmm. like, let's make a TikTok. So when I reached out through my Instagram a few weeks ago and asked for an advice column type question and whether people wanted to hear from me on anything, one question that I actually got a couple times was just making it work living in LA. And I hadn't thought about that question for a while because we've lived here for several years now, but it's a really good question. So mm. I thought maybe we'd address it a little bit here since it kind of goes with this episode. Yeah. And... I feel like it's kind of a tough love answer, to be honest. Okay, what's your tough love? My, Well, my tough love answer is that with very few exceptions, although there are exceptions, if you are moving to any city to pursue a creative endeavor, you will probably not immediately make that your main source of income. Totally. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be working your ass off to make that the case. But unfortunately within many creative fields, it's just so unpredictable. And I think that that's something that like, especially in the pandemic, we've been hit with a lot. Like I've had to navigate pitching ideas, seeing what can work um, for different types of productions that can film with like no crew or things that are going remote or whatever. And it's been a lot of rejection and a lot of instability. And something that we wouldn't be able to rely on if you didn't have a steady job. That's just the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, but I feel like that's being married. We're a team. Like, there's no, like, my, you know, situation in yours. I mean, you have no input on my job, which is how it should be. <laughs> like, no one wants you to do my job. <laughs> Because you are not a liar. I think they would immediately know. If it was like a Freaky Friday situation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had to do like emails for you. That would be Can you imagine? a nightmare. <laughs> no, it, I'm actually like sweating thinking about that. Okay, let's not even talk about that. But anyway. Um, Insofar as like making it work in LA, you can make it work. And I've been in positions before where I've had like three jobs and one of them was in a it was doing something creatively that I wanted to be doing at that time. And two of them were not. Um, but kind of like 
the advice that I got when I quit my job as, as the assistant in that like Devil Wears Prada workplace, I, I do think that that's helpful sometimes to hear. Bet on yourself, invest on yourself as much as you can responsibly. And when I say invest, I mean invest time. Like if there's a series that you want to do, if there's a type of art that you want to be creating, like really invest in making that happen and putting that out in the world whenever you can. And not to be shy about sharing your gifts, your talents, and your aspirations with the world. Because I think most of the jobs that I've gotten have been through networking and friends. And the only reason why you get there is because people know what you're doing, they see what you're passionate about, and they want to become involved. And so putting yourself out there and really taking time to center your goals and your career is huge, but also to recognize that in a practical sense, that probably that can't happen overnight. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And in terms of practical advice, if you're thinking about moving to LA or you've moved here and it's harder than you thought and it's hard to make it all work, I mean, this is especially helpful if you haven't moved here yet, but I feel like my biggest piece of advice is do tons of research on where you want to live because LA is a completely different place depending on whether you live in Santa Monica or in West Hollywood where we live or downtown or in East LA or in Pasadena, which is really far east. North Hollywood. North Hollywood. Grace lived there when she first moved to LA. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm only naming a very small handful of all the places in LA and blanking on like most of the cities. There's 88 different cities within LA County. And when people refer to Los Angeles, they're really referring to LA County because Malibu is considered part of LA, but Malibu is also its own city that is one of the 88 incorporated cities. West Hollywood's another one. Santa Monica's another one. Pasadena, um, Sherman Oaks, mm-hmm. North Hollywood. Or I think, is North Hollywood its own city? I actually don't know about that. But that's neither here nor there. The point is all of those places have extremely different uh, vibes and um, different neighborhoods, different communities, and they're all great. I mean, all the places I've named, Mm -hmm. I genuinely really like. They also tend to really have different price points Mm -hmm. in a lot of those places. And there's less expensive and more expensive in every single area. But there, I don't really know enough because I haven't done research on where to live in several years. So I'm not going to say like this area is more expensive or this area is less. But, I mean, Beverly Hills is expensive. Malibu is expensive. You probably know that without needing to come to L.A. But there's places that are more in the middle, and there's places that are also pretty cheap, relatively speaking. Um, Again, I would encourage you to do your own research because I'm probably not the most up-to-date on all of that. But, yeah, you could look at some prices in maybe Santa Monica by the beach and be like, oh, I could never afford L.A. It's so different if you're – you know, interested in living somewhere else mm-hmm. that's still a great place to live. So, yeah, or even like there are certain neighborhoods within Santa Monica too that are super sure. affordable. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I think, yeah, definitely do your research ahead of time. And the other thing that I found to be super true is that you won't get hired unless you already live here. Yeah, I mean, in the pandemic, I don't know if that's different. For sure. Yeah, because people can work more remotely. But like, I know so many people that have wanted to move to LA and they just weren't getting called back for resumes they had sent. And then when they just moved here or even just flew out here and stayed Mm -hmm. on a friend's couch and put their friend's address on their resume, then they would get interviews and get a job because 
people don't, there's so many people moving to LA and so many people here that if you don't even live here and you're only interested in moving, if you get a job, then it makes unfortunately, such a big yeah. But again, you could put a friend's address. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. say that. <laughs> no, I mean, if you have a friend that lives out here that could be a source of help for you, yeah. that's huge. The reason why is because, for example, I worked at Whose Line Is It Anyway for a while. I was like a sandwich deliverer, PA person, and then I kind of worked my way up that little PA ladder for a time. I got that job because a friend of mine called me and was like, can you be on this set tomorrow? And because I'd already moved to LA, I was this was my first job. I was able to do that. But if I hadn't, then I don't even think I would have gotten that call. Right. I would have just been like, oh, there's no jobs in LA. Like, no, there are a lot of entry-level jobs in LA. Um, in entertainment, just your first job might not be your favorite thing that you ever do, but you could meet some of your favorite people through that job. And I would encourage you to just be in touch with those people and, you know, keep rooting for all the people that you're coming up with at the same time. Yes. That's huge. I think that's actually a really big piece of advice that I want to say. Once you've lived in LA for a while and assuming that you're wanting to be in the entertainment industry, but really any industry, I would imagine this applies. You'll see people achieve success at totally different timelines. And just remember, like for your friends, I mean, it's one thing if your sworn enemy gets a job <laughs> that you wish you had, it's like, okay, you're allowed to be a little bitter. But if it's your friend, just remember that when one of us wins, we all win. Like Grace has always had that attitude and you're so good at cheering on your friends. I've always felt and I just think there's no, nothing bad can come from just being happy for your friends who are succeeding. And I feel like the people I know that kind of always seem to have exciting projects going on and always seem to just be on the up and up are the people who are also cheerleaders for others. Yeah. And that type of energy is infectious and it makes people want to work with you. And Yeah. I think there's this notion, I hear it all the time of like, oh, I could never live in LA. Like the people in LA are so fake. They're so this, they're so that. And there definitely are people who, I guess I would say, are not my type of people mm, that know, I would want to hang out with that would you not know be what my other circle. city I would say that about? Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> That's just me because I'm from there. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like People say that they're like, the people are so fake. They're yeah. so this. They're like all like industry climbers and whatever. And that will be available to you. If you seek that out, those circles are always going to be available to you. But I would encourage you if you want to you know, live and work in Los Angeles to find the people that are just rooting for each other, just cheering each other on, because this can be a really fun and exciting wild west of a career. And you never know what's going to stick. And you're seeing all your friends working so hard, just becoming so good at their respective crafts. And it can be so exciting and just inspiring. I remember early on, Sam Shocker, who you may remember from Pop Trigger, that was my first on-camera job. And she was very much and is very much a role model to me because I'd never been on camera before. And she's such a professional and just absolutely the nicest and sweetest person you'll know. Sam's the best. She is. Like, she's just so incredibly kind and sweet. And early on, she set that example for me of when you'd see other people succeeding or other people getting other things, she would always say, isn't that so inspiring? Because if something can happen like that for someone that we know, that means that, that something like that could happen for us. Yes. And, and she immediately set that tone for me. And so then when I would see other people acting differently and like kind of being a little bit shady about other people getting wins, I had the counterpoint of like, 
no, we don't need to act like that. We don't need to behave like that at all. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's a good final point on that, which is that, yeah, you can say, just be happy for people, even when they're succeeding and you're not. Okay, that's not that easy. I understand. (laughs) We're all human. But even if you can't muster up the the genuine happiness for someone that's doing well, at least just look at it as, oh, they got this role that's the role of a lifetime. That means that these roles are out there and they're going to people that I know personally, like, hey, success has to rub off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could be next. And I think that just remembering like, oh, it's a sign that things, good things are coming and they're eventually going to come to me as well. Yeah, I guess I would just say that truly believe in yourself, work hard and be kind to people. That's as best as you can. And you're going to have bad days. Yeah. One day I'll tell you all the story about how I had a meltdown on the set of House Hunters. Oh my gosh. That is <laughs> One day. Story. I'm not saying you won't have bad days, okay? We all will have bad <laughs> days. We will. But as best as you can, if you want to make it in Los Angeles, whatever that means to you, because success is so subjective. But if you want to just have a wonderful life out here in Los Angeles, my advice would be to surround yourself with friends who support you and inspire you, work hard, find out what your story is, get excited about sharing it in the medium that you feel passionate about, and be as kind as you can to people. Don't just be nice to the executives is what I'm trying to say. Be nice to everybody that's working and making something happen. Ellen DeGeneres. Sorry. (laughs) Wow, man. She's going to, when she hears this, (laughs) Ellen is going to be so mad. Yeah. It's like all the lesbians, they can't be stopped. Good thing I work in This is obviously a subject that I care deeply about as it relates directly to my life. So I hope we were able to share some tidbits that resonated with you, hopefully that leave you feeling inspired and motivated. If you see yourself moving to LA and working in a creative industry, I think it's important to hear that we believe in you and I hope that you believe in yourself. And thanks for stopping by under our roof and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. It's constant and new. No matter the change or the age As we both get older My love will grow bolder For my sweet old-fashioned babe For my sweet